Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for supernatural girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. Unfortunately, Michelle Claire couldn't join us tonight, but she'll be back next week. And we'll hear about all of her exciting events coming up, as well as she will be speaking with next week's guest, as well as I will be. And next week's guest is a medical intuitive. She is a doctor, went back to medical school in her 50s. God bless her. So she's going to be joining us next week. But for tonight, oh, my God, this is a momentous show. This is a show I have wished for. I really have. But before I tell you more about it, make sure you join us on Facebook, Twitter. You know, follow us everywhere. Let everybody know about Supernatural Girls. We're doing some really leading-edge things here, and we will be doing more. So tonight... Tom Dongo, an amazing man, has agreed to be on the show tonight. And who is Tom? I will tell you. He is a longtime resident of Sedona, Arizona. He's recognized as a world authority and one of the United States of America's leading authorities on UFOs, paranormal occurrences, and he's also one of the very best top remote viewers in the world. Now, he's with us tonight. Now, he has been a key lecturer at numerous U.S. national and international conferences, including the International UFO Congress. Now, Tom studied at the Berkeley International Psychic Institute in Santa Cruz, California, and has spent the last 30-plus years in the greater Sedona, Arizona area, which is known as one of the premier UFO hotspots of the world. Tom is also a writer of mainstream magazine articles. He is the author of eight books on the paranormal, including The Mysteries of Sedona, The New Age Frontier, The Alien Tide, The Quest, The Opening Portals of Sedona. There's just so many, Merging Dimensions. You've got to look him up on Amazon so you can get all his books. His books are tremendous, and Tom, he knows what he's talking about. He is an experiencer. He's met so many real deals over the years. And tonight he's also going to be bringing on the show, a little bit later on, a very mysterious person who goes by the name of Z. And I'm going to let Tom tell you all about him. But first, let me get Tom on the show. Tom, welcome to Supernatural Girls. Well, it's great to be back on the show, Patricia. I really, uh, really enjoy being on your show. Well, thank you so much. I'm honored. I truly am. 
you are just the top of the top here in terms of UFO people who really know what they're talking about. It's hard to find people like you. There's a lot of people that do jibber-jabber out there, but you really know what you're talking about. You've had so many experiences. But tell the audience who may not be familiar with you yet a little bit about how you got into this. What drew you in to the UFO field and remote viewing? Well, you know, that's a great question because I, I, uh, I was, uh, uh, I knew Bob Short. Bob, uh, Bob and his wife Shirley died a few years ago, but they were uh, 30 years ago. They were really prominent, you know, in the UFO community, and they knew. They, Bob said, "I'm the last of the six, the original six of uh, the original uh, UFO researchers." And, and I'm talking about Adamski and Van Tassel and, and uh, I think uh, Truman Bethuen. They, they were, yeah, Bob. Bob knew them all, and, uh, uh, you know, his wife Shirley said all this controversy about Adamski, George Adamski, we right. knew him. We were best friends, and he was not lying. He, was, he, was, he told the truth always. He, he, none of it is fake. So that was pretty, that was, you know, coming from somebody that was right there, that's pretty important. It because, is. Because, uh, you know, Adamski... He, he, I guess he's going to be accused of all sorts of things, like every every UFO researcher. I mean, the, the debunkers and the critics and the skeptics come they come they come crawling out of you know every nook and cranny to to uh, <laughs> to uh, attack, you know. Yeah, they do their little there. attacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. fun. You got to be yeah. tough to stand up to that. Well, you know, uh, 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 Bob Short spent a lot of time with. Uh, uh, George Van Tassel at Giant Rock, and he he told this one story about. <laughs> I know it's true because I heard it from other people. There were uh, often, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's there's human extraterrestrials. There are about 17 races or species from my own research, and there are about a hundred humanoids that are not human. Uh, I have a hard time with the, the, the humanoids, but I I can I can. Uh, uh, I can understand, and I can, uh, you know, I can somehow contact some of the, the humans. They're e- they're easy, and, and some of them are doing everything they can to help us. Everything. Uh, some of them just don't really care. They, they, you know, well, these these Earth humans can. It's a free will planet. They can do whatever they want to themselves, you know. So, but right. but there are some that are doing everything 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 they can to help us. I. Uh, uh, I, I, uh, I've been called one of the world's top remote viewers, and I probably am. I, I was born with an incredible remote viewing ability. I was born with it. Yeah, I was probably, you know, I probably, I probably had a past life in Tibet where I was a seer. You know that, you know they had yeah. you know, the, the Tibetans all had a seer that would visit the villages and then remote view the villages and then come back. You know, and, and, and tell what he saw. You know, fires or disasters or a lot of people sick or whatever. They didn't have mm-hmm. newspapers, but they had seers. Right. So maybe, <laughs> maybe I was one of those. I don't know, but I, I have a, I have a phenomenal remote viewing ability, and uh, I just did a, a workshop with Maureen Saint Germain, a wonderful person, Maureen. I, I, I can't say good enough things about her. We had a month long, uh, 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 remote viewing. Uh, we taught remote viewing, and we our, our students were from all over the world. And uh, so during the, I she taught the military version, the the the, uh, the uh, you know the the uh, the standard military version where they where they use coordinates 
uh, Ingo Swan and Russell Tog, you know, that, that, that sort of thing. Yes, right. And, uh, uh, yeah, and I've worked with some of uh, uh, Swan's, uh, some of my best friends right now are some of those, those original remote viewers from Targ and Swan's team that they, they train. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, um, uh, so anyway, I taught, I have a different version. And, and, uh, and so she taught the military version. So we, we, uh, I, it was a phenomenal success. I combined my, my, uh, my, my version of remote viewing with, with the military. And just for the heck of it, I tried one of her coordinates. I've never done the coordinates, a, a random, <clears throat> it's a random six or eight numbers, you know. And, and uh, so I, I said, well, let me try this one. She said, okay, go ahead. And I, I said, it's, it's the, uh, I, I thought for a minute, and I said, it's, it's the uh, Seattle Space Needle. And I drew a picture of it. And I was 100% right. So that's pretty good. That's, that's kind of a That's very pretty, good. Uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So, so this and, is and, pretty you know, good. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, you bet. And I use it a lot. You know, and I, can, I, can, I can talk to extraterrestrials using remote viewing, and I can also see into a human body like an X-ray machine using uh, 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 remote viewing. And uh, I, I don't do this for a living. I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. But I cured a girl of fourth-stage cancer. She was dying using remote viewing. And I can prove mm-hmm. it. I've got the letter her mother wrote to me uh, that she was uh, beside herself in happiness because I, they just got her daughter out of the hospital. And she, she was 99% free of cancer. And she was she brain cancer. Oh, uh, that's a rough one, too. I did, yeah, yeah. And I, I did it using remote viewing. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can re- when you get really, really good at remote viewing. There's a lot, a lot of things you can do with it. So I do. I had no know. idea that you could but, use it that way. You can use it for healing. Yeah, yeah, wow. you can. It's, uh, it, yeah, it, it's so. Uh, so I, I do, you know, and I, you know, in remote viewing, I, <clears throat> my friend uh, Tom O'Donnell, he's a psychologist, and he tested me for six months on. Uh, I was living in Sedona. I'm living in Cottonwood now. I've moved to Cottonwood. Uh, it's 20 miles south of Sedona. But at the time, I was uh, uh, living in Sedona, and he was in Durango, Colorado. And so I would, from from, uh, so Tom would test me from uh, from uh, Durango, and I'd go there. Uh, we'd we'd, we'd uh, talk on the telephone. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd I'd say, well, I'll be there at 7:30 tonight. So so he'd arrange it and. Uh, Set stuff up uh, on the table, and I had a, about a 80% uh, hit rate. And, and the best, the, uh, the best that the best remote viewers can do is 65%. So wow, uh, I got you know. Oh, you're pretty, way above that. Ability. That's a lot. It is. Yeah. That's amazing. So, yeah. So I, I have a lot of fun with it. You know, I. I uh, 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 you know, I, I tell this story a lot. I, I told it on uh, on uh, some show a couple of weeks ago. At any rate, uh, I, I was uh, I would uh, when I'd go to Tom's house in Durango. He lived up on a, a high mesa, looking straight across the the uh, San Juan Mountains. A fantastic view. I, I love his view of the, the San Juans that covered with snow. And uh, uh, so uh, I, I would materialize. Literally, you know, my body is in Sedona, but I would materialize uh, uh, on the second uh, story 
right by his office window. And I'd float through his window, through the glass, go through his office, and go down his stairs, and he'd be downstairs somewhere waiting for me. And But this one time, I went half hour early just for the heck of it, just to watch Tom cooking. He was always cooking. And I, I was uh, halfway down. Yeah. And you can, by the way, you can smell remote viewing. You can smell flowers and cooking and all that. I've oh my it. goodness! Wow. What one of the things I like to yeah you know, one of the things I like to do is go back a thousand years to an English village and smell the smells. You, yeah. You can do that remote viewing. Oh my goodness. So anyway, I get I, yeah, I got ha- I got <laughs> halfway down the stairs and, and and something terrified me, absolutely terrified me. So Uh-oh. I stopped halfway down his stairs, yeah, and and, uh, and uh, I looked, I kind of scoped, you know, I, uh, scanned around, I couldn't find anything, so I, I went down the bottom of the stairs, and Tom was finally finished with his cooking, and, and I, then I called him on the phone, and I said, well, I'm here, I've been sitting on the stairs watching you cooking, I, 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 you know, I described what he was wearing, exactly, boots, blue jeans, and a, and a cowboy uh, belt, and a, and, a, and a red and black shirt, and he was cooking some kind of, I said, smell like, uh, some kind of uh, spaghetti sauce or something. I was close, but that wasn't it. So anyway, so he and I, he and I go in, uh, into his living. I'm flo- He's walking, and I'm floating along beside him. <laughs> Sounds crazy, but that's how it works. And I said, Tom, tell me, tell me something. Uh, we we had this deal. It was just me and him. You know, nobody. He wouldn't invite anybody. Uh, we we right. had that deal. So I said, Tom, is there, is, is there somebody else in the house right now besides you and me? And he, he he got real sheepish on the phone. He said, "Well, yeah, I invite I invited my next door neighbor over." I I said, "Where is he?" He said, he, "He's sitting right there on the couch." And I looked at the couch, and I I could it was just the couch. I couldn't see him. It scared the huh. hell out of me. It really did. So you know, somebody said, "Well, it was probably somebody that didn't have a soul." Yeah, <gasps> uh, it was one of the, you know one of the, one of the Skinwalker guys. Told me that. Oh said, you know, no! Somebody. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking it may, it may have been. I can't think of any other explanation. That is really something. Oh my goodness. Yeah, uh, yeah. We were talking about skinwalkers not too long ago, and I just I said that's one of the things that scares me the most: skinwalkers. And here you encountered you know one, and you you felt that terror. Yeah. You know what scares me more than skinwalker, and I've been very close to them on a Navajo reservation, is dogmen. Dogmen? Uh, dog oh, are no kidding. Dog, yeah, dogmen are absolutely real, and they're, they are uh, they're werewolves. I mean, I'm serious. They're werewolves. They're real werewolves. And there's a lot of them in this country. They're, there's Most of them are in the, in the, the, Miss, <clears throat> the Mississippi Delta. And the worst of the worst no are in kidding. Texas. No kidding. Huh. The really da- the really dangerous ones are, are in central Texas. And they're real. Now, the dog, is, there dog man big... is, is there a difference between uh, dogman and werewolves, or it's just one and the same? Because that's been a discussion we've had no, a few times. Yeah. Right. No, no, no. They're the same. Werewolves and dogman, they're the same. A dogman is a werewolf. Wow. Uh, and that's... that's uh, they scare me more than any any any. any uh, I, I can I can I've been near uh, skinwalkers, very mm-hmm. close, and they don't they don't bother me. But as anyways near as much as a dogman does. Dogmen are evil. There's just something 
It's just something about them. I, I've asked Indians, you know, the shamans, and yeah. the elders. I said, what, what do you guys think? You know, what 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 is a do- a dog man? You know what? And they knew. They they knew. And you see, we, you know, and and uh, uh, Cliff Mahoney, he just you know he just died. He was one of my best friends. So mm. I, I asked Cliff one time. He's a, a he's a Zuni elder. Cliff Mahoney was a Zuni elder. One of my best friends. My my best friend. He died recently. Oh, uh, I, I said, Cliff, I, yeah, I, I said, Cliff, what, what do you what do you think about dogmen uh, uh, and skinwalkers? He said, there, there's something paranormal. We have no idea what they are. And, and, wow. And Cliff, yeah, and Cliff was a, a senior Zuni elder, so he knew, you know, he met with the other, many of the other, the other Indian elders, and, and he said, we don't know. They're just something extremely paranormal, but we don't know what they are. Neither do I. And, I, and I, try to, yeah. I try to remote view these things. Yeah, I, and I try to remote view these things. It's just too scary, it's freaky as anything. Oh, gosh. Well, I can see why you wouldn't go, yeah. want to go any further with it, that's for sure. And I bet they know when you're looking at them. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm 77 years old now, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm slowing down. I'm, a, I'm about... I'm about half as fast as I was 10 years ago, and my energy is really running down bad. Oh. So, but you know, I I used to be I used to be known as reckless. I mean, I'd, I'd hunt them on their turf. If there was a dog man around, not not uh, no, not dog man. I, I would never go on a chase a dog man. Never. Uh, right. I have Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Bigfoot are very gentle creatures. They're 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 uh, you know that they're not they're not harmful. And I've interviewed many, many people that have been at face-to-face Bigfoot uh, uh, encounters, and Bigfoot, Bigfoot are very, by, by and you know, by and large, they're very, very gentle creatures, Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. So, but 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 there are things out there that scare the hell out of me. I, I, you know, the, the Amityville Horror in New York, and the, and oh, the yeah. stuff on the Skinwalker Ring. Yeah, yeah, that. that, that. And the Skinwalker Ranch. I, I was talking with George Knapp one time. We 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 talked. We spoke together in in uh, Vernal Utah. And I, I said, you know, uh, I woke up in the morning in my my motel room, and I was staring at this thing, you know, that's on a Skinwalker Ranch. And that thing, I said, and and and, uh, and uh, that's when that's when somebody one of the one of the Skinwalker guys said, uh, it, it, it's probably something without a soul. And that thing on the on the Skinwalker, it's real. But it's probably been there as long as the, it's a it's an earth based creature. I mean uh-huh. it's it's uh it's uh it's uh and it's not it's 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 not really alive and it's not really dead. It's but it but it's uh it's just uh it it has no soul. That's the biggest thing. And it uh it's uh it's it's it, you know, some of these things I, I, I remote view and I and I have no idea what they are. And I can't I can't explain it. Uh, and in the Amityville, Amity, Amityville house in New York, I, I explored that thing. I can do it from from you know thousands of miles away. I went all through the right. the, uh, the, 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 the rooms and I went down to the cellar. And the cellar, uh, I ran into something down there. I I I don't I don't ever want to deal with it again. You know, it was it was there face to face. It saw me and I saw it. I can't describe it, but I, I call these things an awful evil. I, uh, and they're out there, and I don't know what they are. Do you think it's some type of a demonic force? 
because usually those are the worst ones. Yeah, well, demonic force. Yeah, probably. I I, I can't. Uh, you know, I can't. I can't describe. Just it's just they're they're awful. They're they're. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, it's a it's an awful evil. And I I've, I've been I I I I actually did battle with one once about thirty years ago. That was that it, it, it uh, so it's a long story. But there's a chiropractor that's building a five million dollar uh, building in Santa Cruz, and, and he that this creature was really messing him up bad. So he came to me and he said, "Tom, I need help." I mean, this is a long story. I'm making it awful short. And I said, "Yeah, I know you do." This thing on, I I got I got it away from him, but I I took this thing on battle. I mean, it, the, the, the difference is. It was a standoff, but th- that thing was in fight without a body, and I had a body, which is a big drawback when you're fighting something that's, you yes, know, that's, exactly. that's, it's only an en- en- yeah, only an energy. So I mean, it's some of the crazy stuff I've done. Uh, Gosh. Yeah, like, like I say, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> see what you're one brave man, yeah. I have to say. But let's go from well, here. Well, you have obviously such a broad yeah. scope of experience with all types of paranormal entities and places. But recently you told me something that absolutely blew my mind. You said you were in touch communicating with a physical extraterrestrial. So we're not talking about anything airy-fairy here, anything made up or in a dream world. We're talking about real communication with a real extraterrestrial. What? How did this happen? My goodness, this is huge. Well, uh, uh, Z is going to call in in about ten minutes, so uh, nine minutes. So I can uh, maybe uh, let's see. Let me. How, how am I going to go about this? But at, at any rate, Z has been in contact with extraterrestrials. Now I, I'm going to explain this. Now I. I've been I've been studying human extraterrestrials for 40 years. I I, I myself have interviewed uh, 15 people that had face to face human extraterrestrial experience, and they they uh, they, uh, uh, they 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 and the extraterrestrial proved it. And they were all pretty much the only ones that were really different are the Nordics. They're, you know they're physically perfect, and they have blonde hair, and they're, they're all the men and the women are physically perfect, and, and they're, they're uh, very nice very nice people. They do whatever mm-hmm. they can from uh, so anyway. Um, uh, so I've, I've I've been studying human extraterrestrials for so long, it almost seems like I live with them. Uh, and and I I've, I've, I'm so familiar with them. You know they they uh, they're here. There's many of them, many of them that are here amongst us. I've 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 met four. Uh, uh, long, long story. Uh, uh, the one girl. I'll, I'll focus on the one girl. She was. Uh, we, we were hiking, me and my girlfriend at the time, and we were trying to find a petroglyph site <clears throat> near Sedona. And uh, uh, it had been a really snowy winter, and, the, and the, all the, the dry creeks were roaring with water, like the Grand Canyon. And uh, I, uh, I was. It, it was. It was so muddy that day. You know, you you lift your boot up and you got four inches of mud on the, on the bottom of your boot. So I, I was getting really tired. Yeah, I was getting really tired, and I was starting to sweat. And uh, um, this girl walks out of the bushes, 
He's got street clothes on, street shoes. He's got a, a red pants, a white wool sweater, about 27 years old. And, uh, you know, kind of pretty, but, but, but pretty average. So she both went over, and I'm thinking, where in the hell did she come from? Especially with yeah. her. And women, right. women, women around here all, always have a dog with them. The, the crime here is very low, but women by themselves always have a dog with them, and she didn't. So I'm trying to, trying to figure it out. And uh, so she went over and talked to my, my girlfriend, and then, then uh, I, I gestured, gestured to the girl. She came over. It was about 20 yards between us. And I said, do you happen to know where the trail is? And she talked so low, I had to put my the ear right up to her mouth so I could hear what was she, she was saying. And she just gestured down from where I was standing. And I went up and looked, and that was the, that was the trail. And I, and I asked her, how did you know that? What, you know, and she, did, she just looked at me. So I was, okay, I thank you very much. And I, I, I grabbed my girlfriend, and, and we went down. And it was, it was almost, I'd say, 70 degrees, almost straight down. Wow. Uh, and we had a hard time getting, getting down there, hanging, yeah, hanging on the bushes and all that. So we got down there, and we're, we're looking at the petroglyphs and all that. And she goes over by the water, and she's, the water's roaring. And uh, uh, I turn around, and the girl is standing right there. I mean, I had to back up a little bit. And, and I, I looked up the, the trail, and I, I'm thinking, how the heck did she get down there? So anyway, I asked her, and she, I had to put my, my, my ear right up to her mouth. And then, uh, you know, and then uh, uh, my girlfriend yelled at me. So I turned, and three seconds later, I turned back to the girl, and she was gone. Wow! Oh out. my goodness! That's what extraterrestrials can do. That's easy for them. So you know, so and I, I looked. There's no nowhere she could have gone that I wouldn't see her, especially in red and white clothes. So she she just blinked out, blinked. She was gone. So that that's what extraterrestrials can do. Uh, uh, you know. So so anyway, I'm gonna end this story like that. Uh, oh, you were asking me about. Mm, uh, well, I was just wondering how you came to this recent high level of communication, and it's because it sounded like you really had an ongoing conversation. Because these experiences like this that you had are, are truly remarkable; they really are. And yeah. there's some reason why these ETs are drawn to you. I mean, why this ET came yeah. to you in that location at that time? Who knows? It had to have a purpose. Well, and to, yeah, to show they, you what they're they, capable they said, of, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know, but they, they've they've said that they accept me through Z, so that's I said that's good. And yeah. the one that I communicate with, they call her mother, and uh, you know they can look. I I know from long experience that an ET can can be look like twenty five years old, a woman, and and be extraordinarily beautiful, but she's eight hundred years old. And, and that's how, and when, yeah, and, and uh, so Z, uh, uh, hopefully Z, you, you will call in, because I don't, I don't want to step on your, your, your story. But, uh, no, that's Z, fine. But call, just... if you, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'll, Go ahead. I'll get to that. Uh, Z, Z, why don't you call in now, buddy, if you can. 
and uh, we'll, we'll take it from there. Then I'll talk about. Yeah, uh, I'll watch for him. I'll watch for him on the yeah. board. Meanwhile, what did your girlfriend think yeah. of all this when she met this very strange woman uh, who all of a sudden disappeared? What did she think? You know, you know, the funny thing is, a lot, most of, a lot of the time it's just ho hum. Oh, she was an extraterrestrial. Oh, that's nice. That blows me away <laughs> every time. I, you know, I, I, and I, I, I had an experience the other day, and I, I'm going, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to use any nasty swear words, but I, <laughs> I, I told somebody a, a fact, and they looked at me like, oh, yeah, okay, oh, that's nice, you know, all right, well, I get, I got to go now, I got to go get my, my, yeah, I've got to get back to my life because I, <laughs> I don't know what yeah, to do with this, basically. Yeah, well, that's what a lot you know, of people I was, think. I was, you know, actually, I was talking to Z, and I said, you know, some of these people, they, they, they can't even comprehend what I'm talking about. They no. not only don't understand, and, comprehend it. Right. Well, Z has joined yeah. us, so let me bring him on the air, ah, and I'm going to awesome. let you introduce him, okay? Yeah. Hi, Z. You are live okay. on the air. How you doing? Yeah. Hey, hey. We're great. Hey, Z. So, I'm yeah. going to let Tom uh, talk about who you are since you are brand new to me. What an exciting experience yeah. to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us. No problem. Okay, Z. Yeah. Well, I don't want to mess up your parade, Z, but let me, uh, uh, let me, let me say this first. I, I will vouch for this guy. 110% for his, his, uh, his credibility and, and his integrity. <clears throat> I, I, I know him well enough. I, I know his, you know, his, his uh, background. I, I will vote for what he says. Uh, through experiences I've had recently, uh, I will vote for him 110%. Uh, so uh, uh, anyway, so uh, 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 Z has had direct extraterrestrial contact now for, for how long is he? It's been quite a while, right? Yeah, about probably uh, three or four months. Yeah. Oh, oh, I thought it was longer than that. Wow. <clears throat> okay. Um, well, uh, so when when uh, I first uh, met Z, uh, and I, I told him this, so I, I don't think he get too upset about it, but I, I went over his head and remote viewed some of the, the stuff because, you know, uh, Patricia, like I said, I've been sucked into so many hoaxes that have just been just, just been a nightmare. Yeah. And I didn't, I yeah. didn't really, I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really question Z, but I, I wanted to, I, I got to have some proof, you know. And I, I am one of the world's best remote viewers. I've proved it many, many times, so I don't, I don't have to go into that too much. So. I, I went to, I had a hard time finding his spot, you know, where, where he, he, uh, he, he meets the, the, uh, the, the others. And uh, so I, so I, you know, I, I, uh, 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 I met, I met the, the mother. They call her the mother. And she seems to be, she's definitely one of the elders, but I can, oh, uh, yeah, she's, she's here now. She just connected with me. And how how, is, mm. how does this happen? Well, it's, it's with a lot of people. I feel a pressure on the side of my head. It's like a, prickly, tingling kind of thing that I know somebody wants my attention, the spiritual or ET or whatever. So the mother, uh, uh, a lot of times I know she hears me, but she won't communicate with me. So anyway, that's how it is. Uh, so uh, 
the first time I I, uh, I, I missed completely. I, I when I was uh, checking Z out, I, I completely missed. I, I got into a probably a group of aliens that were not friendly to us. They were they were everything was black and it, they they didn't they they uh, they uh, did not have a human uh, appearance. Uh, anything but so I so I hmm. and uh, so Z says no that's that's not my people so I took another shot and then and I that's when I, I I'm I'm looking around remote viewing and I was bumped my head on a flying saucer I I really I really <laughs> had to duck <laughs> wow that's and, great and he had told me that, yeah he had told me they were they were white basically white and I'm, I'm looking at one it's right here in my front of my face six inches away and I said wow well, you know that's it's kind of white, but it's more of a silver aluminum white, you know. And, and Z, remember you you uh, you agreed with me on that. Yeah. So, so this uh, is how you I, vetted uh, him to find out he was telling the truth, and you found where this ship was located, and you identified some of the ETs that were there. Is this? Let me ask both you guys, is this a large group of ETs on this ship? Because I think you referred to it as a mothership, so it sounds like it could be a large group. No, not at all. Uh, it's uh, basically a lab, and uh, it was completely by accident how it all came to be. But it's there's seven of them that's actually involved. I've met more, but uh, not with these, this group. I call them my family. Mm-hmm. And you obviously feel comfortable with them. You don't feel threatened by them at all. Are they here no, to help? It was a little or weird in the just... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was a little strange because um, as a lab ship, they really had nothing to do with uh, people, and uh, the people weren't of any interest to them other than in their studies. And so, um, but uh, I, I came across one of them. I was in the jungle where I uh, work once a week and I was just hiking through the swamps and uh, I, I came across this lady it just didn't seem to fit and uh, she's absolutely beautiful and looks and like 100 miles from anything right and uh, yeah. so it's really weird but I, uh, through my life I've had a lot of really strange experiences anyway I tell people that I'm the world's greatest skeptic but there's nothing I can't believe because of what I've seen and mm-hmm. uh Anyways, she got tangled up in the mangroves, and if you don't know what mangrove trees are like, they're like the roots are uh, about two or three feet out of the ground, and so it's like a trap almost. And uh, she had gotten caught uh, in there and wasn't able to free herself. And so, um, anyways, uh, when I saw that, it was you know I started to approach, and I could tell there was uh, a lot of hesitation on on her part and so I just made it very slow and uh you know casual and until I got towards her and I could see where I'd just have to cut away some of the stuff and so I pulled out my knife and she freaked and so I just sat back and um you know then I I set the the knife next to her and stuff so she could pick it up and encouraged her to pick it up and then uh while she was looking at it I just sat there and uh smoked a cigar and and she got a little bit more comfortable and she offered it back to me and then I showed her you know step by step what I would do and you know long story short I I got her free of it and then I noticed that she wasn't really walking well and so um, I offered to help her and so um, 
she agreed. And she was wearing this, like, uh, blue-type uniform sort of thing. I guess I would call it a uniform or jumpsuit. And uh, so when I went to pick her up, um, it was really weird. It felt like skin. And then, and as I lifted her, I was expecting more weight. And she, I swear it was like 20 pounds. I almost threw her over my head. And, um, I, you know, and I could tell she was, she was getting more trusting and, uh, she put her arm around uh, my neck and so I could, uh, she would help me in a sense. And then as I, I started to walk in a direction, she would, you know, help guide me. And it was down along this animal trail until we got to this big mound. And I had never seen any mounds down here before and really wasn't aware of them. And it was, there was clear vegetation and it just felt odd to me. And so she motioned to let her down, and so I did. And then she was, like, giving me motions to, to get away, and, and so I did. And uh, I just felt awful, awful weird because I'm, I'm letting this, this person alone <laughs> in the middle of the jungle. In the jungle, right. Yeah, who obviously didn't fit any parameter, right, that, I, that would be normal. And so I, I had clues, but, you know, because of, like I said, the, my past and stuff that, I felt, well, she wants me to go, then I guess okay. And uh, I I stepped away a little bit, and then I kind of looked back just to see, and she was gone. And (laughs) it was like um, I didn't know what to expect. So I thought, well, maybe I was smelling too many of the vegetation in the the jungle, and (laughs) you always seeing things or feeling things. Yeah. 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 So I left it alone, but I went back because uh, mm-hmm. it, it was real close to my work and stuff. And then that's well, when let me ask you this, Lizzie, uh, before you go sure. further with the story. So she didn't speak. She didn't say anything to you. No. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And there was no telepathy because I know a lot of people talk about no. how when they're in the presence of an ET, they get mind communication. So uh, you didn't have any of that either with her. That's unusual, huh? Okay. No, I, so, I didn't have anything like that. So then when you, you said day. you went back, when you mm-hmm. went back, what happened? Did you meet the rest of the team? <laughs> well, it was kind of odd because I didn't know what had what was taking place. And um, she's kind of special. And so um, she had basically, you know, I, I can kind of bring it all together here. She, she had told the captain she was going out, and he said no. And so she went anyway because she could, and she got in trouble, you know, kind of like expected, and it's not a good place to be in trouble. And uh, anyway, yeah, so for sure. I, <laughs> and so I decided to go uh, uh, after work that, that time uh, the next week, I decided to go down that trail, and I questioned whether to go back in that area because that wasn't the, where I usually walk, and um I just said, you know what, I think I will because I could be crazy, you know. (laughs) There might even be nothing there. And uh, I walked back in there, and when I got there, there was like this blue tint, and uh, that was just emanating right above that uh, uh, mound. And so I walked up, and I just walked through it because it's not like the first time I've seen something like that. And, you know, your eyes kind of play tricks on you or the weather or whatever. And, and next thing I know, I'm inside 
their craft and they're, they're all standing in front of me and that's when things started gosh so you pass through this kind of portal like thing this blue light there they are mm-hmm. all seven of them standing there it must have been quite actually, a moment actually actually six of them at that time six yeah. of them so here you are confronted mm-hmm. by six otherworldly beings and were you startled that they were all of a sudden standing there in front of you or were you like oh these are old friends i mean what was the feeling the emotion that you had in that moment how strange <laughs> well I, I, there's not really anything that i fear and you know i i know i'll die one day and and it was kind of like i, I mean I've, I've been shot seven times i've been left for dead oh my gosh. three times wow i've oh. uh you know uh been stabbed i can't count how many times through my work and everything and uh you know it just it it doesn't seem to really matter to me this is an experience that's unfolding in front of me so i figured well maybe i should go with it and just see where it goes and and the other thought was was, well maybe they're uh getting ready to eat me or something you know (laughs) because i'm starting to think cannibal aliens aliens. that wouldn't be good (laughs) yeah i yeah. So, okay, so here you, and you're miles from anything, right? Miles from civilization. So yeah. does any, and nobody probably yeah. knew you were there. So you truly well, were on your I own. I worked there. Yeah. Well, there, there's, But they didn't know you were on some, that path, uh, right? They didn't know that you were taking no. a little hike, right? No, not at all. <clears throat> yeah. They think I'm crazy for what? going down those paths, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, not crazy, but I, I would say you're pretty brave, pretty adventurous to see what was going to be at the end of that trail. And here you found them. So there's six of them standing there in front of you. My goodness. Uh-huh. And at that point, did they speak? Was there any communication that you could detect? Yeah, yeah. Um, the captain uh, come forward and, and started to uh, uh, introduce himself and um the the lady that I helped out and everything, and they explained to me, you know, that uh, this is not normal for them and that uh, they were just curious and and wanted to know why I did what I did. And so I kind of explained, I said that, you know, it could have been an animal. I mean, I would have freed the animal if, if I could. You know, it was just I had no other intention other than, you know, setting things right. And... Uh, be on my way and uh and that's what I did and they were really curious about that because from what you know as being a lab and, and what they do um they were warned don't contact humans you know because we're violent and all that stuff and so they wanted to know a little more yeah so they just wanted to know a little more of me and so we started to talk a little bit and they uh their english wasn't well but it was uh it was new to them and so but they knew it but it was kind of like when you learn a language on online or something then you actually go out and apply it so that was the impression yeah. i was getting from them and so uh you know it was just a kind of a short type uh introduction and uh you know they thought well maybe we can learn from you and you and and you from us and so we would let it go at that, and and so I was I, I left the same way I came in, in in a sense, and then it just kept repeating, uh, 
more and more contact, more and more communication. Uh, you know, we got to a certain point in communications where it was just exhausting for me um, because, you know, it, it'd be like um, I would describe something like a man walking down the street without a shirt, and it'd take eight hours to to get them to understand. And what I found out was is that they need to see it from they come from a different uh in their brain they, they they think different ways than us and they needed to see other aspects of the same thing and so it got to a point where i just needed a break from them and i explained it to them and at that time we had really developed a trust uh amongst all of us and uh, i really closely connected to the female and that i had helped out and so she was kind of like a troublemaker and I've always been labeled that. And so um, she was like my, my savior and all this. Yeah. And and then so when she came to get me one day and um, to to bring me to the ship and, and was kind of wondering if I'm going to continue with this. And um, I, I invited her in. And so cause she came actually to the, my door. And um which is a whole nother story about how they find you. Uh, but uh, anyways, I was had the TV on and, and I was showing this sitcom and, and I thought, you know, this might be an opportunity to explain where the, we weren't communicating so well. And, and I just played the one show and it had family and stuff in it. And so um, she began to uh, enjoy it. And then I played it again, the same episode and again, and again, and so mm-hmm. she she ended up questioning me, why are you doing this? I said, this is what it's like when you guys are questioning me. And um, <laughs> she she understood. And after that, I started recommending these movies for them to watch, you know, like mostly family channel sort of thing. And then when they would ask me questions, it was really easy to answer. And so that, that big gap that we had started to become uh, easy. And so... You know, very, there, very just, smart of you. Uh, I was, yeah, well, one very of my smart students, of you. Uh, one of my students was from Germany, and I asked her one time how she was able to speak English so well, and she said, watching TV. And I thought, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Maybe That's right. Work. A lot of people learn that way here in this country from other countries. That's so funny. Now, did this lady ever share her name? Um, sort of. Um they never told me their names, so I kind of named mm-hmm. them. And uh, she reminded me of just something I knew very little about at the time, and that was, um, uh, you know, Sam Jess. And so that's what uh, I started to call her, and it seems to be it fits all the categories. And I think I've learned since then it's it was the real thing. But she's like mm-hmm. the granddaughter of the one that was spoke of that was – not such a good interaction. Mm-hmm. They don't want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But they, they referred me to some stuff, and I discovered a lot of things that weren't so good, so I understand it. There was two contacts, one to say hi, one to say goodbye. <laughs> oh, boy. Where well are they put. from? Well put, well put. Yeah. It's about, Where are they it's from? About 80, about 80 light years past the uh, Pleiades. Okay. So they come from another planet. 
Yeah, so very different experience from what I'm used to hearing, which is great. I love that. This is something brand new where they weren't communicating telepathically, and you had to figure out a better way to communicate with them, and you did that. And you also started everything with a generous act to help her to get free when she was being a bad teenager, uh, running around in the jungle, being disrespectful to the captain that way, and then got herself in trouble. So you helped her out of that by by really being uh, sensitive to her fears, her concerns, and yet at the same time you sensed this, there's something off with this person. She's not really a person. You kind of knew that right at the beginning, yeah. yes? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so they communicated with you then for the last two to three months, and it sounds like now they can reach you anytime they want. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of evolution that's taken place during all of this, and um, yeah, it, it has a lot to do with, uh, like I used to teach uh, Tai Chi and Qigong uh, for many years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing about Qigong is that it's unique among all the other exercises along with Tai Chi. And it's complete. And like what you, the whole intention is to separate your organs, basically, to allow each of those organs to uh, vibrate at their own frequency, because what happens with people is like they do a desk job or something's the same thing every day. And what ends up happening is that all the organs begin to vibrate at the same frequency. And that's what makes people sick and such for, for a lot of reasons. And by doing the Qigong, you separate each one of those organs or through the motions. And that's what happens is each one of your organs creates a certain frequency and then all combined is what your natural uh, frequency is. And so that's a way that they can identify where someone is. And I I haven't actually spoke to them about this, but it all seems to fit. Mm -hmm. So they can track you down. Yeah, Yeah, go ahead. And now they can Uh, track Tom down. So, Tom, go ahead. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. They love love Tom. (laughs) <laughs> I bet yeah. everybody loves Tom. How could you not? <laughs> well, they know how crazy they know how crazy I am. You know, I you know <laughs> I I have this ability to remove you. You know, I I've remo- you know the thing about the, these people is these is is uh, with they're you know I've I've been I've been able to I can probe people, and I, I used to be very good at reading people's minds, but I I can't. I was in a bad car accident. I seem to have lost that lost that ability, but. Now, uh, separate from what Z talks about, these people are uh, about 2,000 years ahead of us, I think. Does that sound about right, Z? Five. Five, okay. Five thousand. Five thousand, yeah, okay. So, so, uh, so now they, they, their minds are different from ours. We, for, for an earth human to calibrate their thinking with one of these beings, it, it would be difficult for me, uh, even knowing knowing how the, I know how they think. Uh, so, it, and also when a, when the, these people have a a body energy so powerful, the uh, the frequency uh, is when an Earth human comes near them, they have to adjust. I, I've done this myself, so I I know I know what it is. Uh, they have to adjust the earth humans 
vibration frequency to match theirs better or the earth human wouldn't survive because they couldn't take the energy of these these advanced mm-hmm. people so so they do it they do it very subtly i mean i've done it i've done it to people <clears throat> so i i know how it works but they do it so subtly that uh, the person might feel a little nauseous or something like a little bit off balance a little bit dizzy and then it's pretty much over but they have to do it because the earth human uh, couldn't survive uh, in, in their immediate vicinity uh, so anyway I want to stick that in there yeah no that's helpful yeah. I, I think that's that's absolutely accurate and the feeling that I get because I'm on the I'm tagging along with both of you to see what I can pick up you know, it's interesting. The first image I got of these people is they're kind of like advanced flowers. That's the feeling I got. <laughs> that yeah, there's yeah, this fragility sure, sure, about them, but that yeah. yet they know how to use their energy and they know how to use it precisely. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's something we as humans have really don't even have a clue about. But they know how to use it precisely. And I can imagine what you're saying, Tom, is that type of energy can be so intense because it's so precise. So, yeah, they have to scatter the wave a little. Very interesting. Very interesting. My goodness. Both you guys. Ay, yeah, yeah. What you're going through. That's pretty cool. <laughs> well, you know, you know, you know I gotta, uh, let me stick this in here, too. Yeah. I've, I've talked. I've, I've had, uh, you know, I've never interviewed an extraterrestrial straight on. But I, I've interviewed people that have had, you know, uh, meetings with extraterrestrials. And uh, how can I say this at all? pissing a lot of people off. To them, we stink. <laughs> Our vibration oh. is so bad. We're so yeah, contaminated bad. with negativity and fear and hate that we stink. We, to them, we stink. I so bet we do. That kind of gives you an idea of their purity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, one thing, yeah. one thing I need to add... <laughs> One thing I need to add is, like, when I picked her up I, or got close to her, I started to feel like a static electric, and it didn't hurt or nothing. I just was aware of it. And I can always tell when they come, as I can feel, start feeling that, that electric sort of thing, which maybe has something to do with that. As, as far as their minds go, they're very, very similar to us in, in many ways. Uh, there's only slight differences. And the thing about... The brain is it's it's almost identical to ours, and the one thing that they they keep pounding on to me is about uh like the Jesus uh saying was you know you the people of this earth can do all that I can do and more, and they tell me about i that I can't even imagine how much we can do you know what where our yeah. abilities are truly are yeah. and kind of mm-hmm. kind of like what separated humans from the monkeys was that the monkeys have reached a plateau like they build uh these uh, tools and and things like that but uh they're not capable of going further where humans were and i think that i'm just speculating that you know that's where we and them are quite alike except for their intelligence they use more of their brain but uh, beyond that, it's the capabilities that we have, like I've experienced with them to what they've been teaching me. Um, we are totally uh, more capable. But everything, that's the other thing, too, the one foundation about this is it's, it's all about love and the, to, with them. And it's, it's just uh, it's weird, you know, because 
you get around a lot of these uh, new age type people who talk about, you know, all love and, and light and all that stuff. Yeah. And it never yeah. really made any sense to me because it's no. not uh, possible yeah. with us. Yeah. But it is with them, and it's and it's a requirement. There is no dishonesty. There's no hiding anything at all. <laughs> so, and I think Except that's why I've, I've been allowed to stay. <laughs> well, she's she looks more like she's in her twenties, but I'm guessing uh, she's around two hundred. Yeah, so maybe that's teenage years for them. I don't know, but it sounds like a very uh, interesting dynamic with the six or seven of them, and uh, so, some. For some reason, there's still a little room for rebellion because that's what she was doing. <laughs> but it, it's a very, it's, this is all so fascinating. Now, they're training you to, to learn new things. Now, obviously, Tom, you are so advanced. You're one of the few humans who is advanced on many levels. You can do remote viewing and so many other things. I mean, you're so talented. Uh, and what about you, Z? Are they training you in things like consciousness or what are they teaching you well i've had many years in uh uh, temples and uh i'm shaolin and um i'm kind of uh on the upper crust of them and so i've learned many things they've put me through a lot of different things when i became part of the table of ancients that uh are like people would come out of uh, retirement basically to to teach me and so I had experiences in, in multiple things. So like certain types of meditations, for instance, like one time um, she came uh, to, to pick me up and uh, it's kind of comical story, but um, I said, well, I had an idea and she says, great, you know, so I wanted to take her to this remote uh, area of beach uh, near where I live and uh, it was just really trashed out uh, area not from human trash but from just nature and I was able to uh, drive my jeep up on the beach but it was really funny was putting her into the the vehicle because she was scared to death and I felt like I was strapping in an astronaut or something and uh, I ended up having to put the seat back a little bit so she had less input in seeing stuff and I kind of coined it as like having five kids in the back (laughs) <laughs> that wouldn't shut up, you know. And, you know, so anyways, I, I take her there and um, I uh, throw a blanket out on the hood and we climb up on the Jeep and um, I ask her, you know, I, I wanted to, I knew that the view was, was familiar to her, and but I would like to know something about the stars, the things that I'm looking at. And so she took me into this, uh, she goes, remember the, the sensing that we were teaching you, you know, how to, uh, there's like three stages of, of sensing, and um, which is a long story. But anyway, uh, uh, one of the things that's primary in this is where you find gratitude. And um, so she had me go into that gratitude, and with her, uh, she said to implant that you want to talk to somebody up there. And I was like, okay. And so I went into this 100 breath thing. And my gratitude was the first time I saved this little kid. Uh, that's what I do. Uh, I save kids from sex slavery. And there was oh this little God. four-year-old that I, was, was my first one that I rescued. And um, I, I, it was it was an incredible moment for me because she was screaming and yelling when I pulled her out of the, the place. And we got in this van, and I, I, we usually take them to, like, a safe house to be checked out. And then from there, 
to where they're going to be. And uh, there was no room in the van, so she had to stay on my lap. And um, I, I looked scary, right? And so I took off a lot of my garb and, and uh, I looked out the window and I didn't want to look at her. And so, you know, because make her scared again. And, and as we're going uh, for a while, um, I could feel that like burning thing when somebody's looking at you. And mm. I... I look at her, and I did, and my eyes met hers, and I knew that's what I would do for the rest of my life, and um, that was my gratitude. And the funny thing was is that it's a memory, but when I'm in this sensing, it's as though it's happening right then, and I can see see so much more clearly all the details, you know, wrinkles in the clothes and everything. And so I got into that space, and then, you know, I asked the question, and then I kept going deeper, and the next thing you know, I heard, you know, hello. And it, it shocked uh, the poop out of me. And, and all I could think was uh, greetings and salutations. And uh, uh, then I, I turned and uh, Sam Jessup's laying next to me, and she goes, I heard it too. <laughs> and so they're teaching me these things so that, I mean, all these different things. It's about this is contact. It's not going to come well, through the government. Well, this is great. Ever, it, yeah, no, it yeah. never will. Yeah, and in fact, I think, no. Tom, last time you were on the show, you actually said that. You said that one of your military people said, we will never tell the American public the truth, ever. And I know right. that was accurate. Right. You were absolutely right. right. And so, yeah. yeah, we know it's not going to come that way. And the other thing that's so fascinating about what you guys are experiencing now is what they're teaching you has tangible results. So, again, it's not anything airy-fairy. This has real results. So you immediately, you followed her lead, you did what she suggested, and there that being was. But i got to say something before we go any further. Saving children from this horrible experience of sex trafficking, you know, there are still a lot of people that don't believe that this is going on. (laughs) And it clearly is. And it's. I'm so glad that you brought it up. I think it's... It's an absolutely horrific and very evil and demonic thing that's happening with our children. But we need to know it's happening. And God bless you for saving these children, for pulling them out of these hell holes that they are taken away to. I mean, this is this is quite a mission you're on. It's amazing. Well, we've gotten 2,351 to date. And... Um, We've only lost uh, uh, three people uh, in the process uh, through through the rescues, and uh, we, we if we had money, we could do this every single day. And it's it's absolutely incredible about um, what we what, hey, nobody wants to <laughs> change the world. It seems like, and the thing is, yeah, is that right. I can make anybody cry, but what happens when uh, they offer all these things is they I can tell they they figure if they don't look at it uh they they won't have to see it and they don't know how horrible it really is i i think you're right they don't know and there's this total cognitive dissonance about a lot of things in the world today and that's one of them and it's it's really sad that we we just can't see it or don't want to but this needs to be fought on every level and again god bless you for the work that you're doing with your team Obviously, you're being very successful. Any loss of your team members is a tremendous loss. And I'm sorry to hear that you did lose three of your team members that gave their lives for this. 
but my God, these poor children, they're being tortured, and uh, I don't even want to think about what else is happening to them, but yeah, this is all really bad. And let me ask you, because you're familiar with this, and I think people need to know, who's behind all this? Who's doing this? (laughs) Well, it depends where. Uh, That's why we're the best at what we do. Um, And we don't just rescue. I know where every one of our rescues are since uh, before 2015. Um, We, um, like, Asia is our primary target. Um, Thailand, Cambodia, uh, Vietnam, Laos, uh, Philippines, uh, those areas. Uh, And the reason is that we target that is because I can pretty much make up my own law. And uh, we're criminals no matter what over there. Uh, the police, uh, uh, government officials uh, are usually involved in uh, the triads, uh, hate me and try to kill me, and uh, Ukrainians. Um, they're the two major gangs. Now, here in the United States, it's a completely different story. You're not allowed to rescue kids. Um, and the police department... No kidding. Wow. Yeah. And I've done several... Uh, uh, interviews with police officers on the street and they all think there's a, a human trafficking department but what you'll end up doing is, is calling a number and it'll be able to be transferred several times until you get to a narcotics officer yeah. and the reality yeah. is is that if there, there needs to be at least 20 kids and then it goes to the FBI and then it puts, gets put on their list of, of thousands of these so and nothing ever really happened um, I met a sheriff that uh, called me out on it, and so I took him to LAX when I was out in California and, and showed him 30 girls being uh, uh, brought through that were to, going to be uh, used, you know, in that field, and um, how they would do it, where they would show up, wh- who would be with them, and then what they would get into, and he was blown away, but everything that they do is legal. And then, like, when you go to, like, a police department or something that wants to do a sting, you know, um, it takes two weeks to really get set up, and they got to get approval from a judge who either knows people involved or else uh, is involved themselves. And so $60,000 a day to do an undercover work isn't going to happen. And then by the time, if they do get that in two weeks, uh, they've already moved to another location. And I can tell you exactly how that works, too. But... Um, and these other charities that are out there, it's, it's kind of crazy. They fear me because I don't have a payroll, and they do. And when I show up, they're always afraid that I'm going to steal money from them. <laughs> well, <laughs> so they won't they work need to be me. worried about that? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I am unfortunately not surprised that it sounds like this country is one of the worst offenders and most protective of the slave trade for children. How disgusting. Yeah. And I'm I'm really thrilled to know you and to have you on the show to talk about this for a little period of time. I didn't expect we'd get into this, but it certainly is a topic that needs to be addressed in this country. Now, I know when Trump was president, he did say he wanted to put an end to all of this. Um, but we all know that whoever's controlling this country is a part of it. So that's how yeah. it rolls. It's just so sad and you know i've got to also say a warning to all the moms and dads out there watch your children because there are so many children being taken from malls turn your back and your kids are gone and good luck getting them back keep them close don't let them go out without not knowing where they are you've got to know where your kids are and i hate to sound like i'm lecturing but i am because i'm concerned and i think yeah, there's too many parents out there 
that don't realize the gravity of the situation. So it's so important to be able to keep your children safe. There are a lot of people talking about this on social media platforms and trying to warn other parents and other children, this teenagers that may not think that this is going to happen to them. But it does. And like I said, I, it's really tough getting these kids back, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I had an incident uh, in uh, Los Angeles. Well, it was north of Los Angeles, but this church company that uh, helped me out a lot asked me to go at, talk to these parents. They, had, they lost their daughter and um, that they had already contacted the police and the FBI two weeks prior. And um, I said, well, I, I can't work here. And they, they asked me, well, just go talk to them. So I did. And they told me uh, that one of her girlfriends was actually there who had been kidnapped by the same people. And it was a rave concert that, that they usually take them at around here. And um, they, she gave me the, the names of the people, uh, the people who run the organization, and she gave me some addresses. And uh, I said, well, all right, well, I'll go look at one of these places, and if I see something, I'll call the police. Because if I do that, if I see something, then the police have to come. And when I got there, I was sitting outside. It was like a body shop for a car dealer. And uh, mm-hmm. I was watching, and I saw four of the five people she identified leave. And so I'm thinking to myself, well, there could only be one more in there, you know, or or, or somebody else. But I decided, well, I'm going to go take a look, you know. And so I walk in, right. and the guys that work on the cars were down at one end having lunch. And I look over to my right, and I could see this door cracked open. And I could see the girl on the floor, duct taped and tied. And oh my I God. saw one guy in there. So I went in and put him to sleep, grabbed her, threw her over my shoulder and ran out and threw her in the back of my car. And then uh, about 10 minutes later, when I didn't have any shadows, I let her you know, loose and, and told her what was going on. And then I took her back to her parents, all in about four hours. And um, for what I did... Um, I called a cop friend of mine, and he says, well, transporting a minor, breaking and entering, um, oh, assault. Uh, he goes, I would have probably did seven yeah. years for what I did. Oh, so, but she's outrageous. Safe, so. <laughs> Thank God for you. Oh, my God, that's outrageous, outrageous. No wonder you have to go out of the country to do this work. <laughs> Excuse me. Our laws and the people behind them are the problem. Gee, well. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you sharing that so much, Z. Thank you. It's so helpful to everybody in the audience. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Patricia, you know, the one one thing that drives me nuts about all of this, I I watched a video the other day, and the girl was talking about adrenochrome. And and she was there when they were killing kids and draining them of their blood to drink their damn blood. I mean, how can it get any worse than that? It, It killed, you know, it's seven, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 12-year-old kids, kill them, drain the blood, and then drink the blood. How can it get any worse than that? It can't. I agree with you. That it can't. It cannot. It's so disgusting and yes, appalling. Yes, and can. no wonder the ETs think that we're absolute monsters when this <laughs> yeah. is what we're doing. I mean, it's amazing that they haven't wiped us all out. So, yeah. But, again, here you guys are having a, a really wonderful, friendly relationship with these beings from another planet. Now, has anybody else seen them? Like when you took this lady uh, to the beach, did anybody else see her? 
I got to tell a story. I got to tell a story. No, let me tell this story. No, before you go, go, I got to tell it from my point of view. I I love this. I just, this, I, (laughs) you know, I kind of, I probably, I don't think I uh, remote viewed it, but I did visualize it. Uh, 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 All right, I'll call her Simjaz. That's not totally her name, but. She, she's so beautiful. She's so incredibly beautiful. And she's, what, six foot two, uh, Z? Oh. No, she's, she's about six foot. She's short. Short, yeah, six foot. Short. But she's so, and I, I've seen her. I've remote viewed her. And she is, she's otherworldly beautiful. I mean, she's, so they have mm-hmm. to camouflage her. When they, when they go out in public with earth humans, you know, they go to buy something, you know, they put on earth, earth human <laughs> clothes, you know, Try to look like the rest of us, and they have to camouflage her because she's so beautiful. Tell, tell that story about the first time, Drew. <laughs> uh, about about taking her to that mall. Yeah, no, the trailer trash. Yeah. She looked like trailer trash when we dressed her no, up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that was different. When she showed up one time, she had uh, tried oh. to figure out what to wear, and uh, she looked horrible. And it was it was like. <laughs> trailer trash and I taught her just wear a, a sweatsuit with a hoodie you know and a ball cap and of course sunglasses I said and you'll fit in about anywhere and so but anyway uh, one time she come over and I was uh, I was contemplating on taking her somewhere uh, where she could kind of see how it is you know and I decided the mall and where you know I just told her that because of who she was, it was like, um, you know, you need to do exactly what I tell you when I tell you. And I was still nervous because she's kind of a loose cannon, you know. And uh, yeah. so uh, that was the first time she got in a Jeep, and I thought I was going to die, and it was only like a five-minute drive. Um, but uh, <laughs> they, they totally hate our vehicles. They go, you know, how do you do this? But, but anyway, uh, we go to the mall, and, and – uh, she was appropriate, and I, I swear the female gene is universal because we walked in, and um, it was almost as though it was like she went straight for the women's clothes, the, the little shops, and and we went into the first <laughs> one, and it was like uh, it was too close, right, because she had these wrap around like sunglasses and stuff, so they couldn't see how big her eyes were or anything, and, oh, and their ears okay. are somewhat different. And uh, so I said, oh, you know, I told the lady, no problem. No, we didn't need any help. And I got her out of there before something went a little weird. And so then we're going along and then we get to like uh, uh, she was obsessed with jewelry, these earrings that people are wearing. And this one shop had um, uh, like a free piercing, uh, you know, for with the purchase of some earrings. And so I thought mm-hmm. uh, she was just like begging me in a sense. And I, I explained to her what the the piercing was like and stuff like that. And she said, yeah, that would be okay. And so we went and, and the lady who was, was doing it bought these little cheap earrings and um, she, she was like, you need to remove your sunglasses. And I thought oh. off the top of my head, I said, Oh, she just, she just went to the eye doctor and she can't take those off for now. And Oh, she goes, Oh yeah, no problem. And then she pulled her hair back and their hair is like uh, monofilament. It's just like clear. But she really noticed oh. it because of the tint. And as she pulled the, it back, their ears are, are like ours, but they're a little longer and narrower. 
but they look like uh-huh. ours. And so she noticed that sort of thing. And uh, I said, oh, don't worry, she's Nordic. And she goes, oh, well, I've <laughs> never had a Viking in here. Or it's been a while since oh, I've had yeah. a Viking. Uh, and uh, so so we managed through that. And then after, after that, we went to uh, – uh, uh, she gravitated towards this big shoe stop or shoe store. You know, it was one of those really big ones where you could kind of be alone. And and she tried on uh, high heels, and she just was nuts. She goes like, "How how do women wear this? Why do they want to be in pain?" And, and so she had nothing yeah. to do with those. Good question. And then uh, <laughs> yeah, and then so I showed her like tennis shoes, and she and it's kind of weird because. She totally became obsessed with them, so I got her these, like, pink tennis shoes, and she just absolutely loves them. But when I was, like, in one of their uniforms, their shoes, when you when you pull them on, they, they sort of just fit your foot. They just, uh-huh. uh, you know, move around until, until it's, like, perfect. So I don't have no idea why she would want to wear one of our shoes, but that's why I say there's this female gene, I, I swear, it's universal, and, <laughs> and she still it wears them It goes across the time, every but, planet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then as a finale, I wanted to get her, I got a, I knew she hated coffee and she hated cigars, but uh, she, they love strawberries. And so I got her a smoothie and she was really, you know, kind of scared to try it. But once she tried it, she went nuts and she starts dancing, doing all these crazy moves, you know, on, on in the mall. And so I had to grab her and I said, whoa, stop. And she did. But uh, so, yeah, that was the experience outside. That is hilarious. Oh, my goodness. Well, she's a typical lady. What can I say? She's a woman after my own heart here with her shoe fetish and, yes, and all of those earrings. And so she got her piercing. She got her ears pierced, huh? And the captain didn't have, Uh like, a freak out when he found out that she did that? Well, he wasn't uh, pleased with it. We'll say that. I bet. <laughs> well, it's so funny how she's so fascinated by some of these things. But now you've been communicating with them for two to three months. Do they continue to keep their ship nearby? Is it floating around in our atmosphere? Is it still in the jungle somewhere? Or do they move it around? <laughs> what do they do with their ship? I, I, I really don't know how to answer that because, like, uh, I, I can when I was down in the middle of nowhere – you know, the first two times I met them there, and I've met them other times there, but they also show up here uh, outside my house. Uh, there was an experience where, well, that's a long story, but um, it, it was kind of weird walking along the side of the ship and seeing it disappear as I walked past. But then I'd turn around and walk back, and it would start to reappear. And that was, it's like when you walk over a hill, you know, things disappear, but when you walk back, you can see them again. So I don't yeah, quite understand that. And then, mm-hmm. and I never had seen them until that point. Even the, as many times as I'd been in there, I hadn't ever seen the ship itself. So that was actually my first time to, to see the ship. And then we we went to these other places, been to, you know, uh, other places out in space. And it's almost instantaneously where you go. So... To answer your question, I don't quite know. <laughs> yeah, sounds like they can just do whatever. Are you concerned that at some point they're going to go home and you won't be able to talk to them or see them anymore? Well, that would be okay, but I would really, really miss them. We've become like family. 
and we found ourselves yeah. in positions that they had to defend me. And uh, everybody's an equal in their society, but there are people who have... One second, Z. I can't hear you because there's all this extraneous noise. Tom, are you making food or something? No, I just <laughs> dropped something. Okay. Yeah. I know. If you're having dinner, I want some, too. So... <laughs> Um, so yeah, I just I was I was thinking about that because I know people that have had long-term relationships with groups on the other side, and then all of a sudden it gets broken apart, and it's really tough to deal with because, like you said, these people have become your family. So it mm-hmm. would be like saying goodbye to family members if they were called back to their planet or told to go to another galaxy or whatever. So that's very interesting. That I mean, it's a possibility that could happen. And Actually, now, Tom, have you? No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, please. Actually, no. Um, Sam Jess is kind of um, special. Um, she can make decisions, but uh, prefer not to go there. Uh, you know, and but the the one of the things that I've noticed is like I taught one of the first times I was with them, I taught them how to shake hands. And they just really became addicted to that. And the humor <laughs> is amazing. They're always messing with you. And the other thing was is that I taught, uh, I started with Sam Jess and uh, hugging the females. And mm-hmm. um, they are completely addicted to it. And it's like, you know, when you, you, can't, you can't really do, go anywhere or do anything without the greetings, like the shaking of hands and, and like the hugs. Like I'll be going down one of their hallways and one of them will, will step out and she'll just grab me and hold me, you know, for like a minute. And then it's all wow. good. Then you can just go on with your way. And so the the love is just uh, uh, incredible. And there was a time when um, their, the upper people wanted me to go with them and um, I said no. I said, I want to be here with my family, and that's all I cared mm-hmm. cared about. And mm-hmm. um, that was really tense at that time, and um, I, I had the right to do that, and, and they agreed to it because that's what I wanted. So the love is just really hard to kind of figure out. It's just it's unconditional, and yeah. I've never I've always known unconditional, but not not like this. This is just incredible. Yeah, this is celestial, much bigger. So, Tom, mm-hmm. let me ask you a question because you talked about having communication with someone they call mother. Who is this person? Yeah. Is she an elder on the ship or who is she? Well, you know, I can't really. Uh, Z, you, you, you said she's, uh, <clears throat> she, she's dark skin, black? No, she has the same color skin, but she has, like I've noticed uh, with as I meet more of them, that they have characteristics of us. Uh, like she would be black. I could tell yeah. by just subtle things in her uh, face. And then I've seen like an Asian and an Indian so far. So, yeah, yeah. but they're all the same color. They're all white like yeah. us. They could pass anywhere except for their eyes. Interesting. Yeah. Well, so why do they call her mother? Communicate with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Sam, Je- Sam Jess is. Did you want me to answer this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't want to step on Tom. Next question. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, 
Yeah, why do they call her mother? It sounds like a, a, a term of endearment and also respect, but why? Yeah, she's she's uh, very integrated. Um, Sam Jess's grandmother, who is also called Sam Jess, was like uh, a leader, and her and mother were really, really close. And they, they were sort of like troublemakers too, but um, mother is like super respected, and she's kind of like the Dalai Lama that we would have. That's the best way I can describe her. And she can do just about anything that she wants to. She can show up wherever she wants to. And she's kind of like the boss in, in that sense. Uh, she doesn't have any title and uh, she can do anything that she wants. That's who mother is. Okay. And what is their mission here? Uh, the, the, the ones that I'm, uh, that I work with my family are, other than Sam Jess, he was a hitchhiker, but um, it's a lab. <laughs> and what they, they study, yeah. uh, like, yeah. everything about Earth. Um, it, like, like I said earlier, they weren't interested in humans, and that was because the only interest they had in humans was about uh, how we um, fit in with all the other life on, on the planet. And so that's, that was their primary job is to study and, and understand uh, everything about Earth. Okay, so that's what they're here to do, and not so much humans, but everything else. So plant life or animal life or anything like that, like their ecosystem, uh, that kind of thing. That's what they're here to do. Maybe that's why they like being in the jungle. There's so much life yeah, well, there. Well, oh, I, I, I got to stick this in here. You know, the, the uh, yeah, I, I've you know, I've done, I, I just realized I've had the same experiences with the Indian tribes, you know, the Navajos and the Dodies and the Apaches here. <clears throat> and the the the, the, the uh, it, it's not uncommon at all for the for the uh, the especially the, the Navajos to interact with with human extraterrestrials and non-human. Uh, and it, it's right. very much like what Z is talking about here. I spent a lot of time interviewing these, uh, uh, especially the Apaches. What the Apaches say about them is, is phenomenal. You know. Uh, 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 and the, and, the, and the Navajos. I mean, what the Navajos told me to blow your mind. You go, no, no way, you know. But they, but, but they, had, they interact with extraterrestrials, not only human extraterrestrials, but humanoids, a lot. And mm-hmm. the, uh, oh, that tribe up in, in Washington State, uh, that uh, the racks are named after, uh, it's even more so up there. It's phenomenal what happens with extraterrestrials. Uh, and, and, and Native Americans, it's, it's not uncommon at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, their traditions have carried through uh, for just centuries, and they've always talked mm-hmm. about the star people. So, yes, it, it, that makes perfect sense. They know so much more than we do. Well, and you now know, Tom, because of your friendships with them through the years. So, yeah. But, yeah, what about their home planet? Did they discuss that with either of you? Um, not so much, except for that, you know, it was, which I've been near there. Uh, it's like 580 or around 500. I think it's around 500 light years. It's beyond, mm-hmm. it's 80 years beyond the Pallades. And so, um, and they have colonies, though, that are near uh, the Pallades. So I can understand why, you know, but they call themselves the Pelagians, not Palladians. Okay. 
And are there other races of ETs that they don't like? They they don't say that. What they say is there are uh, other species that they cannot. Um, they they just don't have anything that they can share with them. In other words, they can't really. It, it, they're so far different than they are mm-hmm. that it's just, it's not. There's no productive, but there's not. It's not yeah. as though that they don't like them or or they like them. It's just that they can't work with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many teams of them are there around, or are they the only ones on Earth? No, there's there's others, and that's what I was going to say is that this the particular group uh, don't they didn't have any training or anything related to contact with a human, but there are others that do. Um, but um, that was separate from what what I've done, and that was my opportunity is to uh, go meet with these others, which I eventually did, but. Um, really don't not interested you know sort of thing i i'm more interested in the people that i'm working with and and they're comfortable with that yes where do you see this going for you and you too tom do you think that they'll be able to train you to do other things to really reach your superhuman capabilities well i wouldn't call it superhuman for me me, go ahead z go ahead go ahead yeah, 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 just um, just to continue with what I'm doing because they're. Well, I've, yeah. I've known people for uh, decades, and they've all said the same thing. Most of them don't know what, what's going on here, and uh, or anything about it. But they say I've changed, and I ask them how, and they would say yeah. you're just more, and I, I believe that. And I'm just starting with all, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, that would be nice if they continue with this, and then you might be able to pass yeah. some of that on to the rest of us people out here. That would be yeah, great. That's, that's the that's the idea. I mean, that's the plan. Their plan. That's yeah. their plan. Well, I'm going to learn what I can. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to learn what I can without being pushy. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a book about it. So far. Yeah, oh, yeah. good. Well, we're going to have to talk about that with our audience, and I hope you will come back. I mean, Tom, I can't thank you enough. This has been such a fascinating show. I mean, I could talk to you guys all night. And, Tom, you're amazing, and your whole life and everything that you're doing, you're fearless, except for the werewolves. I know. I'm right with you. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But, my gosh, I mean, your breadth of knowledge is so big. And that's why I love having you on the show, because you can talk about any subject. You can talk about any cryptid, and you always have yeah. great information. And now you're on this another another wonderful adventure with your friend Z, yeah. and it's it's just yeah. great. And I can't thank you enough for sharing this with our audience tonight. Believe me, I know this has been a, a very big deal for everybody in the audience, and thank you so much for being so honest and open about your experiences with this lovely group from another world that's been pretty kind to you, I'd say. Pretty nice to you, yes? <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, awesome show. Well, hey, I'm going to let you guys uh, go on enjoy the rest of your evening, but please do keep in touch. And if you have more that you'd like to talk about on the air, you know how to reach me be happy to have you back. I'm so sorry Michelle couldn't join us because I know she would have loved to be with us tonight. 
on this particular, all these topics that we discussed. But you, both you guys are amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And, again, yeah. let us know. Maybe, it yeah. sounds like you're on the best adventure yet. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah. Uh, love you, sweetie. You're, you're, you're great. You, uh, you, you've had a lot of compliments. People have been on the show before. They say, yeah, Patricia's number one. She's great. Oh. You are. Well, <laughs> thank you so much. You know I love what I do, and I love my guests. My guests are amazing, and everybody brings something so valuable to the show. But, Tom, i got to say, you're really a standout. So thank you. Thank you so much, Tom. And, Z, a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for joining us tonight and sharing this amazing story. And I just hope it continues for the both of you, and you can bring us all the goodies of what we need to learn. Total honor. Yeah. I, I can't believe I'm here with, yeah, yeah. with Tom. I mean, he's, he's like the god of, of this stuff, right? <laughs> he is. <laughs> Great way to put it. He is. He, he is. He knows it all. It's, he's fantastic. Well, thank you, guys. So, look, um, we're going to end for this evening. Thank you again. And next week, everybody, we'll be back with another great show. Until then, we'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.